Hello and welcome to Say That, podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. And joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. We bonjour. Also joining us, direct Jed Brewer. The French suit threw me off so much, I don't even know where to go now. Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. I speak American. Wow. Joining us all the way from Rutgers, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community <laughs> Church, Lee Younger. <laughs> you took that so far right, man. That was like... <laughs> Yeah, I think we were all expecting uh, Jed to just switch languages and come up with a nice. I know. <laughs> or or that or that Jed was gonna out French Glenn, you know, just right. like oh, the full the, Duck Dynasty on it, man. Yeah, just yeah, he did. in yeah. from the right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. How, how's it sound? Uh, how's it taste, Fitzgerald? Uh, ignorant. Is yeah, that that's a, kind of what I was okay, going for. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we had a we had an email come in. Wait, did you introduce Lee? That's how little you care. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah. I, I, really? I, I don't listen to this show. No. I don't care <laughs> not, for it. Not even when it's happening. It's you don't listen yeah. to the show and you don't listen in the show. Yeah. Glenn just puts on one of those sleep masks and a white noise machine and I right. just poke him when it's his turn to answer. <laughs> <laughs> we had an email come in from a listener. I believe this officially cements her superfan status. Well, she already had it. She's a Bridgebox subscriber. This came in from our friend Tanya. It was a link that we get these occasionally, and it's always interesting to see what people pick. There's something where they basically say, I've, si- I've seen this thing that Christians created, and it is so ridiculous that I feel the only people in my life who can really grasp the ridiculousness are my friends on the Say That Podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and oh, yeah. to date... All of them have been right. <laughs> None of them more right than Miss Tanya, because we got sent a YouTube link to the trailer for a movie. It's Christians making a movie, so already we're in pretty dodgy territory. Yeah. Everybody buckle up. Yeah. It's a movie about dating. Uh-oh. It's a Christian oh, rom-com okay. called, oh, any guesses? Just David and Bathsheba. Good, good call. Uh, Ruth and Boaz. Sure. The Moleskin Notebook. Yeah, that's also good. That's also good. <laughs> the Interesting Scarf and the Ironic Boulder. Oh, that's good. Boulder, Boulder, Boulder hat. I do like the idea of an ironic boulder. <laughs> the, the, you put the, a, just painted a no, mustache wait, wait, on I'm, it? I'm, I'm going back. The, the, the Interesting Scarf and the Ironic Sea Shanty. <laughs> that's good. That's, that's good. good. That, I like that. When God writes your rom-com. That's pretty good. That's okay. Pretty good. Yeah. Don't watch wow. this movie. Sure, sure. <laughs> Save your money. If you people stop going to these, they'll keep making them. Well, surely you couldn't now suggest to us a title more absurd than the things we've just ingest come up with off the cuff. Oh, but I can. And it's absurd on more levels than you could possibly guess, because the title of this actual movie people actually made is Christian Mingle. What? Oh, gosh. Wait, is this made by the people that run that website? I don't know because doing any further research into this would have killed my soul. Well, so. sure, that makes sense. In the trailer, it's like a two-minute two, two trailer. She does this. Okay, so the main character is played by someone whose name I can't remember, but it's the girl in Mean Girls who's not Lindsay Lohan, Amanda Sidfried, or Rachel McAdams. Okay, the it's other the one. the other one who seems like a perfectly lovely person, but she plays a gal who is unhappy with her dating life, and sees a Christian Mingle commercial, and is not Christian, but signs up anyway, Okay, and meets a very sincere, besweatered Christian young man 
who makes her rethink a lot of things. Hold on, hold on. Okay. But you, you forgot the major plot point. She pretends she's a Christian, and he buys into that, that falsehood. Whoa. Because the difference between seeming Christian and just seeming like a regular middle-class white person in America is super different. Yeah. Like, and, like, she's the kind of not Christian where, like, she didn't know what the, they do, like, the whole, you know, like, oh, you know, it's the guy who lied about liking art, French art, and he's, like, studying furiously. She's doing that, but, like, with the Bible, like, she's never experienced the Bible before. Okay, okay. Like, somebody quotes, like, John 3.16 or some crazy famous verse, and she has to pretend she's heard that before as if mm. it were a deep cut. <laughs> Okay. Lee, Lee, you. I think you're the one who most recently has suffered through this. Do you have any other highlights you'd f- care to share with us? Other than your sense of uh, impending crushing doom? It was the worst thing I've ever seen. As for us. Wow. Okay. Let me that, ask and that's a man who lived through Southern Baptist youth groups. Wow. <laughs> this is the worst lame Christian thing he's ever seen. Let me just throw this out there. Were there any talking monkeys? No. No. Not a one. Well, look, there's a Talking Monkey movie out right now. Right. And if you want to compete. <laughs> that is the title of it. With Talking Monkeys, riding on horses, shooting guns, uh, I don't think this is going to cut it. Was there, let me build on that, was there a raccoon with a plasma rifle? Was there not. was not. Now, here's the thing. From this point on in my life, if I go to the movies, there needs that raccoon needs to be in it. Okay. Let me just say this right now. You're talking about. I, I can tell you a movie with a tree in it that's better than this movie. Okay. That's what I'm saying. The okay. tree is getting more done in that movie than this Well, believe me when I tell you here. that watching a movie that was 90 minutes of a camera trained on a tree would be better than this. Well, yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, that just, I, I need something to explode about every 15 minutes or I'm not interested. Well, let me, because, you know, I actually, I haven't seen the trailer. Right. Because but, that's what happened when you send jet emails. Yeah, I ignore them. But the key thing to, for you to know is I ignore emails at you. Right. Yeah. That's, right. you know. You get a reply email that says, this was not important enough for me to open. This yeah. has been an automatic message. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, I feel like we could create a better trailer not having seen the movie or knowing anything yes. about it. Like right now on the spot. No question. <laughs> no question. Are Improv you, Christian Rom-Com Theater presents. Are you ready to do this thing? I'm totally ready to do this Glenn thing. Glenn and Jed improvising their idea of what the trailer for Christian Mingle the motion picture would be and go. First off, we declare emergency. Emergency. Yes. Well, this is the. Oh, this is an emergency. Peter. Okay. Coming this summer, I declare an emergency. Janie was just an ordinary girl until one fateful day. <laughs> I want to date someone. That was the biggest mistake she'd ever made. <laughs> Help me, doctor. (laughs) (laughs) When all of a sudden... I'm here. Who are you? (laughs) My name is Paul. 
You know, trailers aren't, aren't normally just the first four minutes of the movie, guys. Hold on. Hold no, on. Trailers hold on. kind of a summary. Not only that, but the dude's name in Christian Mingle is Paul. I oh, swear it is. it's Paul. It I is. swear it is Paul. Yeah, it's actually how could it Paul. not be? There it is. Well, you know. I think we should probably move past the guys that you've, you guys trying to access the part of your brain that does this because it could get scary. Um, that, you don't have to do it in character. Just give me a blow by blow of if you were writing Christian Mingle, the Christian rom okay. what would happen? Okay. Give me a, pl- give me a pitch. I, start off. I'll, go, I'll, I'll jump in there. Okay. I'm picturing sweeping vista. Fade in. Right. Fade in. Sweeping vista. Right. Of the New Zealand landscape. Yes. Uh, an army of Urukai on I, the march. No idea what that okay, is. That's not actually that's not actually what New Zealand's like. I'm, those were not to- I, those were not films by the I, tourist board. I'm way too cool to know what that is. Weapons in hand, yeah. orcs for those who are not keen on the Tolkien mythology. Wow, thank you. Army of orcs. Right, right. Camera whip pan zooms. Yes, I'm getting technical here. Absolutely. To our starlet. Yeah. On horseback with bow and arrow. Now. We have started to have a movie. This is what I'm talking about. Uh, she's fighting orcs. Yes. Who are trying to keep her from dating. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. There's a dude on the other side of the orcs. He's a he's the prince. Of, oh, I like that. You kind of flipped the Mario mythology on us. He, <laughs> she's got to get to him. And he's in a tower somewhere. Yeah. And she's got a, she's got a bow and arrow her way over to this dude. You right. You know what I'm saying? So what's what's gonna happen? Right, right. And I feel like there's like a dark wizard of course somewhere in this yes. who's planning like evil ideas. Right. In the like the orcs are all people, they were normal people who refused to go on dates. Exactly. And it, it turned them into orcs. That's right. They have never dated anyone and now they're in the you know Bam the, Orc. They're orcs now. Yeah. And because exactly they, right. they can't let her be happy. Now. No, not see, at all. They're trying to drag her down with them. Dude, I would see this movie. I think we've got a hit. Yes. Do I, we have a green light from do, the studio? Is this a go picture? Sure. Oh, I think I think it's a three picture deal. <laughs> I look forward to the four hour extended cuts. <laughs> I shoot you, orc. That's keeping me from dating. <laughs> that's that's a movie. And then things explode. I, I, yeah, but I, are all the orcs does, former nineteen year old pastors? <laughs> I want it to be at clear. What, I'm I'm resisting the temptation to use the names of authors as the Dark Lord. This right. name on, sure. right? It's not right. easy. Yeah. Well, but, and I think off the of Dark that, Lord Driscollmon. Wait, what happened? Who, who's <laughs> the the, the, now, Lee, did you have something on that? I was just going to ask: At what point does the latent uh, uh, Christianity upbringing? kick in and the and after she fights through the orcs then they do bible study together well i think what you're what you're pointing to is the scene where the good wizard right. played by jed in a bathrobe yes sure comes galloping there's up. been a lot of money on that orc just CGI. Got we're real. kind of kind of strapped <laughs> yeah yeah, absolutely. This just got real weird. Yeah, he just in a bathrobe, just rides. All shot in Glenn's house. It was all post production. <laughs> Do right. I get to shout, "You shall not pass"? At yeah, some oh, point? completely. Like yeah, yeah. Okay. You, and you're, you know, and you make pronouncements and okay. dispense wisdom. Okay, okay, I can dig this. You're guiding her totally. on her journey. I'm Jed Dolph. You're Jed Dolph. Put that book okay. down. Put it down. <laughs> Put it down. Walk out of this lifeway right now. It's, a, it's an evil book. It'll cast a spell on you. Go away. <laughs> Run away. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. That's I would watch this movie. Totally. Fly, you fools. I would like to have 
uh, we can either be the movie we're making here or the actual <laughs> Christian Mingle movie, but just cutaways of Glenn screaming no. <laughs> no! I'm just worried. About, no, not in that way. Just like, oh. I'm just worried about purity. No. <laughs> oh, I say the very dismissive. No, yeah, just yes. nope. Just no. like just kind of a pop up Glenn. Yeah. And the big siren going on. I would just have like a know. branch and I would hit him. Stop <laughs> yes. it. Stop it. Well, the thing that this points out to me is that <laughs> at least the people who made a lot of money off breaking Christian dating in the 90s and 2000s, somebody realizes they broke it. Now, their version of doing that is to try to make a lot of money off semi unbreaking it without ever acknowledging that something was done wrong yeah and before we started recording i think glenn and lee were both uh sharing with us a little story that may have gotten around a little bit on facebook about mm. one such person glenn can you walk through that a little bit yeah i don't and maybe lee remembers the name of the the person but basically what it, it was floating around uh, uh facebook some so many people who it kind of been in the whole courtship thing for people who may not be familiar. The right. whole idea behind courtship is you don't date, but you go out in these group outings. It was like dating, but it involved, again, group outings and involving their parents in every level. Uh-huh. So it's like dating, but way creepier in every and, way. And then you just and then you just get married. It just marriage happens. So you um, marry someone you never dated, which always works out well. Well, it's one of those things where, A, it's a super double, crazy, insane, bad idea. Uh, B, but it sounds pretty Christian if you say it sincere enough. Yeah, and and no uh, Christian psychologist with research in in um, uh, couples counseling those kind of things came up with this idea, and none of them endorsed this idea. So you know, it was one of those. Uh, I, I'm sure they were glad for the business, but uh, yeah. you know, they they uh, they were they were they again become a boom industry. Uh, and we kind of actually got on the bandwagon pretty early, saying this is a way crazy bad idea. It's wrecking people's lives. Uh, whatever. Well, this was someone kind of part of that movement that kind of came out and said uh, that absolutely they're seeing just an epidemic of people not getting married, people uh, getting married and immediately getting divorced because they weren't prepared because they didn't build that uh, relationship up in a dating right. kind of way. And actually said, uh, I think the part I liked, frankly, was. They went back and said some of the things that we were saying about old, old-fashioned dating. This idea of, yeah. of dating lots of little people uh, in uh, little whatever people. size they would be. Now, whatever <laughs> you could date, big people. <laughs> <laughs> what I meant to say is going on little dates. You're going on. Um, sure. Yeah, you can rather, date people who are as famous as you. You don't have to date just the little people. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a, there was a distinction. Uh, are they elves? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I have several really inappropriate things I'm not saying right now. So, um, which here's, might as well be the title of this podcast as often as we say it. Yeah, here's Hobbit a, dating is the new trend. Okay, that's just let's sideline that. Just are you, I hope you're writing these ideas down. Of course, I've got gold. it all in the vault. This is gold. Yeah, great. Now, here's what's happening is uh, part of the thing I really liked about the article is they were talking about old-fashioned dating where you would date in the sense you would literally just go out, you know, sure. go to the movies or something like that. Uh, yeah. But the idea is you dated as many people as possible to get to know as many people as possible in a social context. But then you would do something called going steady where you're exclusive with one another and it's more serious. And that's where the physical stuff would begin to happen. So that parents I understand that there was often an exchange of a letter jacket, but I'm mainly going off re- happy days. Re-runs. Yeah, you know, you know, you'll pin, you get a, a sure. class ring or whatever the thing was. But the idea was parents were 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 felt it was a good thing to date and date as many people as possible 
but that it was um, you wanted to be ready to go study because that was more serious. You needed to be a little older. You need to have dated enough people to know that this is the kind of person you want to go study with. So that going study was more of a serious thing. So and it's almost like you wanted to have information before making huge life decisions. Exactly that's right. That's crazy talk. Seems pretty yeah. unfaithful to me. Yeah. So that's that's the stuff that we were actually pointing out a while back. So it was, it was really cool to read that I think they're starting to come around on that and, and hopefully informing people on it. You got anything other else on that league? Because you're the only one who had read the article. I mean, it's just the it's just the classic wisdom is proved right by our children, right? I mean, a, after a decade of a, a, or so of this, the fallout is no one is getting married, and the ones who have, it's not working, right. as Glenn's saying. And so, I, I, what was really cool to to the lady's credit that wrote the article was that she goes back to her grandmother and says, "Now, now, uh, you were the only person that disagreed with me, so." Uh, and you had a you know a marriage that lasted your whole lifetime. So how how did you guys do that again? Yeah, and that and, uh, that, that wasn't the really initial great. thought. You just ignore yeah. that. You know, I got a better yeah, exactly. idea than you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Here's what I'm saying. Sweet Christian gal. Okay. Signs up for a dating service. Right. Right. What she gets is an unsaved hobbit. <laughs> okay. So what happens? Missionary Middle Earth dating. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of you know what they, they're from different side of the tracks. Exactly you know right. Is he a bad boy Hobbit? He's, obviously, he's a bad boy Hobbit. Ver- wears a very small leather jacket. It, it, this is what I'm saying. And how are they gonna? You know, they got to work it out. Yeah. You know? Well, she, you know, there are certain there are, are prophecies about you know that 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 she's got to use to kind of convince him to come into the fold. You know, right? Prophecies about him coming over to the to the side of light. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I you know, uh, what we're talking about is just one great idea after another. That's what sure. I'm hearing, man. That's right. what I'm hearing. Well, speaking of great ideas, before we declare emergency off, I have one last question about this whole, particularly this kind of article you read and this kind of trend we're talking about. So there are these group of, you know, Christian publishers and kind of writers, and you can't see the air quotes, but I bet you'll hear them, pastors, who, um, you know, uh, broke a generation of people and uh, are uh, really almost killed the institution of marriage among Christian mm-hmm. people. And th- now they're starting to, we have talked about the guy who, we won't say his name because apparently saying names is bad, but <laughs> he wrote I Kiss Dating Goodbye, and then many years later when no one, no adult in his church knew how to talk to a member of the opposite sex, he came out and said, well, that was some really dumb crap, but uh, I just I just assume all these people are giving the money back? No. Oh, they're not giving any of the money they're back. They're keeping the money. Interesting. They're, they're clarifying their positions. They're saying I was super wrong and was talking about things I didn't know about and taking advantage of no, people's insecurities. No, they're, they're clarifying that, hey, some people have taken some of this wrong. Sure. And also... They've taken those things where I said dating was evil and then not dated. Yeah. Total it, misinterpretation. It's like a legalistic uh, interpretation. And um, also, you know, you didn't let me finish. Sure. <laughs> The, the Ross Perot <laughs> argument. There's I, there's a lot of things in in my marriage where I get in trouble. I say something inappropriate, and she catches me in it. I say, "You didn't let me finish." Yeah. It was, do, you, do you think? Do you find that finishing your thought ever helps in those situations? No, that's the other problem. Sure. Is the, the I, I can rarely turn that corner hard enough. But that's the thing. Is yeah, they're 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 backing away from their positions, but not hard enough to clarify anything on a sure. larger scale and but they're they're keeping they're, all the money they made they're keeping all they're the continuing money. to 
profit off that fame by getting speaking gigs and yep. six figure pastor salaries. You betcha. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. How that I wonder if that I wonder if there's any lessons about the Christian publishing and celebrity industry we can learn from that. Those are dangerous thoughts. Best stick to your work there, Matt. All right. Well, in that case, I declare emergency off, and we're going to move on to talk about Bridgebox. I don't know if you can declare emergency off. That's thing number one. Thing number two is, first we got to call Peter Jackson, get him on my Hobbit dating movie, and then we're going, and then I will declare emergency off. Okay. Well, that's we, parliamentary procedure. We have to wait until we can get Peter Jackson on the phone to declare. <laughs> that's this that's is right. Be a long episode. Get, can, get him on the line. Can the girl be played by Andy Circus? <laughs> I think. <laughs> The girl. I think everybody's getting played by Andy Serkis. And he's not. Yeah, he does the whole movie. Let me tell you what he's doing. Except the whole movie. for the bathrobe wizard played by Jed. Exactly that's right. right. Exactly oh, right. that's genius. That's no. Genius. He can. He can pull that off too. Yeah, you he know can pull it. Off I, Peter Jackson's gonna. He's gonna. You know what? We're gonna tell him. Hey, if we're considering you're other people, welcome. But you're welcome. We're gonna give you the chance. Okay, in that case, we will remain in a state of emergency until we get multiple Oscar-winning director Peter Jackson on the phone. I'm sure it's going to go great. Do you want to say a quick moment about Bridgebox? If you want a place where instead of spending, let's call it $20, $25 for the hardback, on a book that some guy's going to come out in a few years and say, I just wanted the money. I didn't really know what I was talking about. If you want good wisdom from people who actually do frontline ministry work, you can sign up for Bridgebox. You'll get devotionals you'll get bible studies you'll get songs you'll get videos you'll get lots of good stuff based around a very specific question targeted at your walk it comes out every month for only eight dollars and all that money goes to directly supporting part-time uh employees from the neighborhood here in our ministry in chicago it's missionusa.com slash bridge box you can also not for also sign up for lee's branded version it's a newly younger track Woo. every month and lots of other cool stuff from bridge box that lee's picked missionusa.com slash bbly all right we're gonna jump to our questions if you have a question for us hang out with us all the way to the end i'll give you an email address and a blog address where you can get us this question came in anonymously on our Tumblr inbox. It ties into what we've been talking about. It says, Hi there. I'm a woman who has never been in a relationship. Hmm. Someone has expressed interest, and I'm looking forward to getting to know him. And then things take a turn. But I've been struggling with lust and sexual fantasy since the preteen years, and it's something I've been bringing before God and have told some ladies I trust, but I'm still stuck in it. Would it be irresponsible of me to begin a relationship knowing I have this issue? What are some signs that a person should not be dating? Thanks. Glenn, can you start us off? Yeah, bless your heart. Uh, let's... For those of you not from the South, that indicates something's about to happen here. Yeah. Here's the thing. Um, if you've not been in a relationship, then someone comes along, wants to be in a relationship, that is good. Right. That's all. Let's just take a moment. Couldn't it be a little bit bad? Let's just no. Let's just take a moment and just let it be good. Oh, okay. Just let it be good. We don't. But, but we something don't, bad may happen at some point in the future. So shouldn't that I let that suck all the joy out of this moment? Yeah. No. We don't have to find the fear. Can we cling to the wreckage? We we we're not going to cling to the records. Okay. We're just going to see that it is good. Okay. That's nice, isn't it? That feels good. This is what's missing from many of these situations. So uh, let's make sure we're celebrating that it's awesome that a guy has an interest in you. It's uh, it's awesome to be going uh, through these uh, life stages and experiencing that. We're happy for you. Uh, uh, we think the guy has good taste, all of that good stuff. One quick little disclaimer I'm going to put on this. 
um, you're talking about you know having uh, lust and sexual stuff in your uh, your preteen years is absolutely normal. It's it happens. Um, uh, you know, all of us through yeah, having sexual fantasies as a preteen or teenager is not the same thing as struggling with lust. Those are kind of different things. Absolutely right. And I, w- one very, very, very quick caveat on this: there are some people who go through sexual abuse stuff that have uh, sort of an unusual sexual f- fixation at a younger age. If that's what you're referring to then this is needs to be a whole different answer to this question. And you do need to, to talk with uh, ladies that you trust, and you do need to, to uh, continue to kind of work a recovery thing with that uh, because that's, that's actually not a sexual problem that you have there. That's, um, this is a power thing. Someone has manipulated you uh, in, in that relationship and used sex in an inappropriate way. And in a sense, you'll be recapturing that using it in an appropriate way. So if we can set that assumption aside, having made it and addressed it, if we're not looking at that and you're saying from the time I basically hit puberty till now, I've been having sexual desires. Right. Um, that is the word that we have for this. It's a theological term. It's called normal. <laughs> that's, re- that's really kind of the whole thing about puberty. Yeah. So again, it's just it's just normal. And here's the thing: is it's 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 nice to see someone of the opposite sex who's attractive and to have a little feeling. You have a little flutter. It's a little bit of a you know, a little bit of that. That that's nice. <laughs> that's good. It's healthy. It's wonderful. It's the, this is part of the this is this is what keeps the world turning around. It's, it's good and lovely. There's nothing wrong with that. Lust is when that gets out of control. When you can't stop yourself from doing something uh, destructive in your life. That's not, I'm sure, what you're dealing with here, uh, particularly if you haven't had any relationships with any guys. You haven't gotten into a situation where these relationships can get out of control. Um, I don't know if you can dig it, and this is a, a really important point, is that dating relationships are about getting into physical interactions with other people as well as getting to know them. The, 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 uh, the Part of the way God designed our bodies is to desire these things. That's a good thing to desire. And dating is about taking very small, very basic incremental steps towards having a physical relationship with another person. Maybe that's just holding hands. Maybe that's snuggling. Uh, you know, maybe that's, you know, uh, it was a scary movie, and I, I grab a hold of his arm in the scary movie, and the guy looks and says, I, I was really smart to listen to my buddies to buy the ticket to the scary movie because here we go. So this is, the, you know, the, the yawning where you, where you yawn and stretch and put your arm around her in the movie. That, this, is, this is what life is about. This is what dating should be about. So you're, you're beginning to physically live out these sexual desires, again, it's in the very, 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 very basic stages here, but we have an outlet for these desires. We're expressing them. We're sharing them with other human beings, and that's good. You know, when we're, when we're talking about being on the opposite end of the spectrum of having intercourse with people that we don't, we aren't in a, a, a committed relationship with, and we're doing all that in a destructive way, 
that is bad. That's a sin. That's a destructive thing. It's an awful thing for you to get into. And there's lots of people doing that, using sex to try and make themselves happy. And we, that's an extreme we don't want to see you get into. Holding hands in the movie is not that. And, and we can't make those co-equal. We can't say everything's on a slippery slope to everything else and be afraid of everything. Last quick, quick, quick point. Um, women do not see other women in media, in their, in their culture, expressing romantic feelings. Yeah. There isn't a movie anywhere in the world that you can go and find about a young woman who is attracted to a man and she goes and puts herself out there vulnerable and says, I just think you're great. I would like to date you. This does every movie. Yeah, yeah. We we did a little survey. We had a long discussion over dinner at the uh, Mission USA headquarters about uh, how many movies are two hot guys fighting over one chick who's just not sure. I don't know what's going on. Uh, and this is all these romantic movies are about the, the girl never expresses herself, never is vulnerable. Just hot guys are trying to get with her, and she just doesn't know what to do. It's just you know. Um, <laughs> here's the thing: if you have a red hot fiery sexual feelings and desires and interests and fantasies that is normal other women have it they're big fat liars on that subject and you are looking for a man who can handle that yep there are maybe there are guys out there who are still kind of boys maybe they're a little bit too sheltered and they don't know what goes on but the, the, for sure you're looking for a guy who is solid and he isn't afraid of a woman who has passions and has desires and where you work together to keep those boundaries where they need to be. Absolutely, Lee. Well, I love where Glenn's coming in on this. And, and one thing that I would say is, uh, is like Glenn's saying, this is a totally normal thing. But I, I love the stuff that you've already said here, that, that it's something you say, I'm quoting this, it's something I've been bringing before God and have told some ladies I trust. Wow, that is awesome. I mean, you know, if we were... If, if, you know, if you were like one of the young people that, that I work with in either high school or college, you know, and you brought this kind of situation to me, and, you know, we were talking one-on-one about this, or we were having some kind of a counseling thing, this is exactly where I would direct you to go. This would be step one, that you want to bring this before God in an honest way, and you want to get some ladies in your life that you trust to talk about it. You're already just crushing the ball on this. This is fantastic. Really, really, really great work on this. And the next thing I would say is if the uh, if the relationship starts and this is advice that that this is advice I give all the time to to you know to folks in high school and folks in college. I, I gave this advice to a friend just the other day, He's just starting to get into a relationship with a with a young gal, which is have the conversation specifically and intentionally. This is what this is where I think our boundaries need to be. Let's pray about this. Let's talk about it. And here's the deal on this, because if you don't, and what's so great is every time I have this conversation with somebody that's honest, they finish my sentence for me. If you start dating somebody and you don't have the intentional conversation about your boundaries and you're not specific about it, then it becomes one of those, who's to say? I mean, it's, I can't violate boundaries that we didn't talk about. Yeah, yeah. So we just wind up going crazy. And then, and then whoever I'm talking to always says... Yeah, it's almost like if we don't have that conversation, I did that on purpose so that we wouldn't have the violation of the boundaries. And I'm like, bingo, 
That's it. That's what we were trying to go for. So, you know, you're doing everything right so far. You know, it's a, as Glenn says, it's appropriate for you to feel this way. That's very good. Um, there's a, a guy that you're, that you're getting fired up about. That's very good. These are all good things. You're being honest with the Lord about your sexual feelings. That's very good. You've got ladies in your life that you trust, that you're, you're talking to them, trying to get wisdom from the outside, from sisters in Christ. That's fantastically good. Now, if this relationship begins, the, the first stop that we, the first train stop that we want to make is let's have a specific conversation about our sexual boundaries. Let's be intentional about that. Let's have that conversation. Let's pray to the Lord about that. Let's seek some wisdom from Him, and let's let's talk about that, because that, if we don't have that conversation, uh, yeah, it, it, there, the chances of it going out of bounds and getting bananas is, uh, those chances are a lot, a lot higher. But you're doing great on this. Go to the next that you're making great decisions so far. Go to the next great decision. You you uh, you're being honest with the Lord. You got people in your life now. Be intentional about what you know the Lord is calling you to do, and that's a good place to go. Absolutely, Jed. Well, darling, we believe in you. Uh, we've got your back. Um, uh, you can do this. Uh, you can go. You can have a relationship. It can be honoring to the Lord. You can have fun with it. You can learn from it. You can do this. You are not a time bomb waiting to happen. Um, uh, you, you are a young lady with perfectly normal, perfectly understandable desires, uh, and we're cheering you on to, to walk forward in your dating life. We talked on our last episode about this, and I just want to repeat it here. A healthy life involves taking risks. Part of what's going through your head is, you know, if I start dating this person, there's a chance I could go too far physically. But right. if I don't date them, there's no chance I could go too far physically. And that's, in a technical sense, true. It's worth the risk. Everything good comes with risk all the time. There, there's no such thing as taking a hold of something good and not having risk be a part of that situation. And here's what we know for sure. You will make some mistakes along the way. You won't get everything perfect. Even if it's not with the right. physical stuff, it'll be with something else. You won't get everything perfect because nobody does, and that's not possible. But taking a hold of something good is worth taking some risk to do it. I know this feels risky to you, and there are you know some risks, but it's worth it. It's worth taking the risk. You can do it. We believe in you. Absolutely. All right, move on to our next question here. It came in anonymously to our Tumblr. It says, how do you know if you have the Holy Spirit? I've heard people say that it's an inner voice which acts as your conscience, but don't non-Christians have a conscience too? What exactly is it? Lee, can you start us off? Absolutely. Uh, I'll start out with kind of the... uh the, so, some of the Bible stuff on this, there, there are different, you know, there are some different churches and different denominations that talk about the Holy Spirit in different ways. Some people say you, uh, you, you get the Holy Spirit if you are super holy, then you get this extra power from the Holy Spirit to do these things, different, different things and stuff like that. This is what the scripture says. This is from Ephesians chapter one. It says, you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth the gospel of your salvation. And when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. So when you believed in Jesus, you got the Holy Spirit. 
you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. This is, this is uh, God lives inside you. He is giving you the power to live a new life. Sometimes you, sometimes you feel empowered. Sometimes you feel alone, stuff like that. But you, as soon as you believed in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit switched on all the way. That's the way that that thing works. I think that the problem that a lot of people have, and I know these these other brothers can break some of this down as far as how to hear the Holy Spirit and how He's leading you and and, and talking to you. I think that one of the problems that we have is every single thing in your life is shouting at you all the time. Everything in your life is kind of turned up to 11. All the advertisements that you see and all the temptations that you see and all the and all of the the, the things about your life they're they're just big and bold and loud and colorful and everything is shouting. And the voice of the Lord is a, is a uh, is a still small voice. You've heard us talk about that on the podcast before. Matthew chapter 12 says that that Jesus it, uh, there's a prophecy from Isaiah about Jesus that he wouldn't he wouldn't raise his voice in the streets. He's going to have a still small voice, and I think one of our problems is that we don't have the the old skill of getting quiet enough to to, to listen to him, getting still enough, getting alone enough to listen for that still small voice. But if you believed in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. I know these other brothers can talk can can break this down about how to hear him and the difference between conscience and stuff like that. But if you believed in him, you do have the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, Jed. Well, it's just a guess, but I wonder if part of what you're asking here is how do I know if I'm saved? Um, that's something a lot of young people, particularly in certain denominations, struggle with is they hear so much talk about accepting the Lord and they wonder, how do, you know, maybe I prayed the prayer, but how do I know it actually happened? How do, how do I know it, it, it actually occurred? How do, how do I know I'm not just fooling myself? And if that's where you're at, we feel you. The, the funny thing about uh, wanting to be saved is, uh, as Glenn would say, if, if you want to be, you are. Um, right. uh, God's offering it to you. If, if you want it, then you've got it. If you can, if you can dig it, it's kind of like if somebody comes to you and asks you out, says, I would like to be dating you. Will you date me? If you say yes to them, you, you, you actually are now dating. You are, you're now in a relationship. Um, you, if someone said, well, how would you prove that you're dating them? Well, I don't know. It's kind of an odd question, but, but they, <laughs> they asked you, you said yes. So you, you are in a relationship with them now. But here's the thing that I would encourage you to do. If if you're coming from a place of kind of wondering, you know, how do I how do I know I'm saved? Again, if you want to be, you are. Um, God's offering it. If if you want it, it's yours. But here's the thing I'd encourage you to do. Take the next month of your life, and I want you to say, if I was absolutely 100% convinced that I'm saved and Holy Ghost filled and Jesus loves me and I don't have to worry about that, what would my life look like? If I, if I could just put that question aside for just the next month of my life, what would I do differently? What decisions would I make? What kind of things would I do? What kind of adventures would I go on? What would, what would my quiet time look like? What would my fun time look like? If I didn't have to wonder, I knew for certain I was saved and loved and, and, and owned by God, what would my life look like? And then go live that life this month. Go do that. I think what you'll find at the end of that month is that you have discovered an intimacy with the Lord that maybe was missing. That doesn't mean you weren't saved. It just means we're in a dating relationship, but we need to start going on some dates. And that's true for a lot of Christians, where we, right. we have the relationship, but we're actually not really hanging out together. We're not, we're not really spending a lot of time together. I encourage you to figure out what would you do if you knew for sure you were saved and you had the Holy Spirit, and then go live that life for the next month and see where that gets you. Absolutely. What? Uh, fantastic stuff. And I want to zoom in on what we're talking about with the conscience element of this. You, you say... 
Um, uh, I've heard people say that inner voice acts as your conscience, but don't non-Christians have a conscience too? You're showing your wisdom by asking that question that way. Actually, as it turns out, Romans 2.15 talks about non-believers, uh, and this is Paul speaking, obviously. He says about non-believers that they show that the excuse me they show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts their consciences also bearing witness and their thoughts sometimes accusing them and at other times even defending them so he's saying exactly what you're saying which is that the holy spirit reaches out to all of us uh, through our conscience and that some people will never hear the name of jesus christ but they will be in a sense obeying god even though they don't really fully know him because they're listening to that voice of their conscience um the simplest way i can give you to think about conscience in sort of a biblical way is to think of it as a kind of an inbox okay um the uh the uh, the Bible speaks throughout the New Testament about having a guilty conscience versus having a clear conscience. There's a point where Paul says, my conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. So what he's saying is, I've been given stuff to deal with and to fix. I'm doing that. So I've cleared out my inbox. Mm. Doesn't mean I have nothing else to fix. Mm. It just means I'm dealing with the stuff I'm supposed to be dealing with, which is a pretty cool way of thinking about it when you get down to it. So some of us have that guilty conscience where the Lord has put something in that inbox. Here's something I want you to take care of. And we're not dealing with that. We're not addressing that. So that could be a decision we need to make, a relationship we need to end a new relationship we need to start whatever those things are a, a habit we may need to get rid of and so forth and the bible also talks about having in the new testament about having a strong conscience that idea that you're really good at receiving what that stuff is and so i think we we want to pray for that uh the the uh, we're going maximum bible nerd brace yourself hit it uh, the word that the Bible uses uh, to talk about conscience, it, and I think this is really super cool, uh, it's synatesis, and the, the, the little sin prefix, S-Y-N, uh, think of it like sync, to be, to be um, uh, hooked up together with someone. Uh, and the ado the, the part of that is, where it, it is a, a word that means to see or to understand, how th- you know, where you get the same look on something. So you see it the way the Lord sees it. That's what okay. the conscience means. A very simple idea that we're on the same page. He's saying, this is what I want you to work on. And you see that thing and you understand it. You see it the way he sees it. And now we're going on to work it. And we've all experienced that. If you think about it, where you, you're just kind of going along doing your own little thing. And then the Lord kind of just puts something on your heart and you like seeing this in a whole different way. And it just grabs a hold of your conscience and you think, whoa, you know, something should be done about that or you know i need to do something with that it's not a guilt reaction it's not uh you know uh, something where you're sort of responding to an emotional manipulation that someone else is putting on you but it's it's something where the lord works on your heart gives you that tap and says let me slide this in your inbox uh this is something i want for you to deal with and address so that's that's conscience uh, uh in the way the bible talks about it that's absolutely a great one point one thing i'll throw on the end here is one of the ways I know I have the Holy Spirit is it because it really says different things than my conscience. Yeah, say that. Because yeah. your conscience is still something you have a certain amount of control over, and your conscience on some level is your own sense of ethics and morality. It's not an outside voice. 
Now, my ethics and morality are, to be honest, a little fuzzy. <laughs> I can really make them bend to whatever kind of outcome I want in a situation. The Holy Spirit is really unbending on a lot of things. You know, the book of Galatians says the fruits of the Spirit are things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And I don't want to have any of those things. Yeah. They're all super annoying and take time out of my day and mean putting people above myself, which is really not something I enjoy doing. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit is the one who keeps gigging me to do those things. So when I am in a situation where I want to absolutely, to use a phrase, who's to say where I got it, crawl up someone's backside and kick my way out, hmm. Hmm, who would say such a thing, Glenn? That seems a bit rude. Sure. Quite. <laughs> and I feel totally justified in doing that. All my ethics and morality and conscience are telling me full speed ahead. You are the one wronged. You're righteous here. They deserve it. And when I hear a li- that voice saying, not necessarily audibly saying, when I hear that pull say, maybe you should take a breath and get this person's side of the story because you don't know what they're going through today. Why don't you take a beat? Remember all the patience and grace you've been given and spin that forward. That's not me coming up with that. That's not what my conscience says. That's when we know we get the spirits. When you get things that feel like they're calling you to a higher self, a more to act more Jesus-y than you want to act, because nobody wants to act Jesus-y. It's all self-sacrifice and grace and patience. And there's a lot of good stuff on the end of it, but in the moment, nobody wants to be Jesus-y. When you're feeling the pull to do that, that's how you have know you have the Holy Spirit. That's how it's manifesting. As these guys have all pointed out, you have it. It's just tuning yourself in to where that is. And as you do that, you'll get better at it. You'll get better at listening to it, doing what it says. We move on to our last question here. It also came in anonymously. It says, there's a popular view amongst people today that goes something like this. I don't like to argue with people's beliefs. If that's what you really believe, then I'll support you. If it makes you happy and you find purpose in that, good for you. If it's not harming anyone, then all power to you. Believe what you want to believe. How should we as Christians respond to that? Is it biblical to say you can do or believe whatever you want as long as it's not hurting anyone? Jed, can you kick us off? I'd like to paint you a scenario. Uh, Whatever town, whatever city you live in, actually, no matter where you are in the world, not too far from you, there's some sort of jail or prison or lockup. Because that's true everywhere, no matter where you go. Especially if you live in America. Absolutely. We got a lot of them. Okay, here's the thing. If you were to go to that jail or that prison or that lockup and start talking to people, here's what you'd find. There's a certain number of people that are on, you know, some some not good stuff. And there's a certain number of people that, you know, are just going to do what they're going to do. But there's a certain number of people, and it's actually quite a few of the people you'd meet behind bars, and they would tell you this. Man, I want things to be different in my life. I want to make changes. Um, I, I, when, I, when I get out of here, I want things to be different. I want to live a different way. I want to do different stuff. That's, that's what I want to do. The problem is I, I don't know what to do different. I don't, I don't know where to start with that. I don't, uh, I don't know really what got me in trouble in the first place, um, but I want to make a change. I need somebody to help me figure out how to do that. You would hear that from a lot of people behind bars. Now, by contrast... I want you to think about going to the Starbucks where there's a sharply dressed, um, uh, quite handsome, young agnostic fellow uh, reading uh, websites on his tablet computer who's doing more or less okay. Not looking to make any particular changes in his life is sure he's not happy, happy, but you know, he's you know, doing okay. And you know, as it all seems to be working out from his perspective, exactly right. It's it's you know, about what he figured it would be, and he's grooving along, and plus, he's enjoying a double mocha grande frappuccino or whatever. Now, the question I want to ask you is 
does it seem to you like it might be unfair to spend hours and hours and hours trying to convince this fellow at the Starbucks to believe spiritual stuff when there are people who are desperate to make a change, they just need someone to show them how to do that? Does that sound fair to you in the scenario that I've described? Because it doesn't sound fair to me at all. Here's the thing. Wherever you live, wherever you're at, there are people who are hurting and know they're hurting. There are people who are unhappy and know they're unhappy. There are people who need to make a change and know they need to make a change and are desperately crying out to whatever deity might happen to be listening for someone to come into their life and help them and equip them and walk that change and that transformation with them. The question that's before you is not, is it worth arguing with agnostics? The question that's before you is, are you willing to be the person God sends into the life of that person who desperately wants to make a change? That's the question that's before you. Here's why that's the question. There are so many people who are desperate to make a change, who are hurting and know they're hurting. There's so many people in that category. You could spend your whole life focusing on them and never run out of them and have to revert to spending your time trying to talk agnostics into the gospel. Amen. You would literally never run out of hurting people who are ready to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So I think the thing we have to ask ourselves is, why are we so desperate to ignore them in favor of people who are not interested? interested in listening to the gospel what's driving that is that because those other people smell better is it because they have more money is it because our friends will think it's cooler if we're doing ministry at a starbucks rather than a jailhouse or they're just closer easier better easier proximity exactly right we need to ask what's why do we feel so compelled to pour effort onto people who do not want it and are not interested in it in place of people who are desperate 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 for a man or woman of god to come into their life and give them a good word if you listen to this podcast if you're writing in these questions there's some part of you that has the heart to serve people who are hurting i have no doubt about that the thing i want to do and it relates to the last question is listen to that pull of the holy spirit in your heart to serve people hurting and go do that don't don't worry about the agnostic guy. God can handle him. God will take care of him in his own time. God will figure that out and soften his heart. And in fact, you doing this ministry in the meantime will help you be ready for that moment. But listen to that pull of the Holy Spirit to focus on those people who are hurting and ready for a change today and just go spend your time loving on them. Absolutely. Glenn? Yeah, I want to read a, a passage I think will give us a little bit of clarity on this because what we're really talking about here is this whole debating and, you know, contending with people who don't believe what we believe. And we're going to, we're going to get in there with our amazing book knowledge. It's going to blow their minds. Book book knowledge is what it takes. They'll have to believe. Yeah. That's the, that's the weapon. Now, do they, are they interested in hearing any of our book knowledge? No, no. Uh, Do we have any credibility in their life? None whatsoever. We just been at the library, so they don't even know who we are. I spent forty thousand dollars on this degree. What more credibility do I need? Okay. Yeah. So that's um. So uh, there's a lot of good stuff in the book of Timothy on this subject because, uh, you know, here's here's Paul sending Timothy out, young guy, unproven, as we're just talking about here, uh, who has to deal with people who believe different things. Here's what Paul tells Timothy to give him advice on this exact kind of situation. It says, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach and not resentful. 
Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to his will. That's a really strong language, really clear language to me, of saying this. Th- there's serious consequences to these people not getting a hold of what they need to get a hold of here. Th- but it's a, it's an image of these people are trapped. They're they're in, in a bad situation, a negative situation. They may be may be fighting against you, but it's because they're in this trap. It's because they're caught up in something that's bigger than you and, and bigger than them. But I love that this guy, in many ways, is saying, Paul is saying, in many ways, exactly what you're saying is, which is, I don't want to, you know, I, I just don't want to get in an argument about this stuff. I don't want to be rude. I don't want to, you know, you, you know, I, if you want to believe that, okay, that's, I, I, why don't I let you believe what you want to believe? Can I talk to you about it without, can we discuss it? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, uh, God says to us in Scripture, "Come, let us reason together." <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. love the language of that, love the idea. Can we just? Uh, I have friends who are, are not in the Christian faith, and on a regular basis, I say, "Can I buy you a hamburger and try and convert you?" That's the exact language <laughs> I use. Can I? Bu- I'm going to make a pitch. You, you, do with it what you want. I'm going to be your friend regardless, and I'm buying. How bad could it be? I I want to make the I, I want to lay it out. If you don't like it, you don't like it. The, and you 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 don't have to. It's not a limited time offer. You can you can whenever you feel like that's what you want to do. Fine, but give me a chance to make make my pitch. That's all I ask for. Because I love you. I got a burden for you. Whatever. Nobody's ever turned me down for that. You know, they're curious. They want to know what goes on and. You know, they know it's coming from a place of love. We should note they know you. Yes, you've you've earned the right to be heard in yes. their life. Yeah, they you've know. Been there for them. They exactly right, and they know what I do with my profession. They know that I've demonstrated I care about people and stuff. So they know that's where it's coming from, and that's exactly right. Uh, so it's worth, as you're saying, building that credibility, letting them get to know you. But the 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 bottom line is really. Your impulse to not want to be quarrelsome is actually biblical. Yeah. It's about figuring out a way to right. uh, share that faith and talk about it actually in the kind of laid back, uh, respectful way that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Lee. Well, I love the, the, the stuff that these guys are, are, are saying, and it's exactly right. And what, and here's the thing is that, and, and I'm not saying that this is you, it's... It, it, this could have nothing to do with you whatsoever, but there are a lot of people, and the only thing that they're interested in knowing is, are you in or out? Yeah, that's that's it. Just just answer the question: Are you in or out? What what part of this don't you believe? What I can let's, only let's, like people who think and feel the exact way I do. Yeah, are you well, one of them? Yeah. <laughs> well, and 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 for some people, I mean, here we go again. But for some people, bless their hearts. You know, they don't even see it with that kind of clarity like Matt's just laid out. They do that, you know, as far as they understand it, it's a concern. I, I want to make sure that you're in because, you know, you're my nephew or something like that. And I, I just got to make sure you're saved. So are you, are you in or out? But for some people, they have completely, and I'm glad Glenn talked about the credibility on this thing because for some people, they have completely lost all credibility to speak for Jesus whatsoever. Yep. And it's it's one of those deals where you wish you had kind of a a calling card or something like that, and somebody could revoke it. 
Yes. You have lost the right to speak for him. The, you, yes, you're still a Christian, but all we're going to let you do from now on is love and accept everybody. That's your, that's your job. You love people, you serve them. But you are not allowed to have a conversation with anybody ever again about whether or not they're saved and what they believe. You're, you have to, you're going to have to earn that back <laughs> because you have so ruined this thing for all of us. You know, you just, you just, your job is just to love people. And, and I think that's because we do, we, we, we so badly want to know who's in, who's out. And if you, what if you just had the thing where you thought, I am going to let that go. That's not going to be my concern anymore. I'm not going to concern myself with who's in, who's out. I'm not going to let that dictate the way that I treat somebody. I'm not going to let that dictate the way that I serve somebody or pray for somebody or care about them. I'm just going to let, and this is a crazy concept, I'm going to let God work all that out. Whoa. And I'm just going to love people, and then we'll just see where that whole thing lands. And the cool thing is, like, like Jed said... You know the the people that the people that are ready to make a change, they'll call you. If you're the person that's been loving them and 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 taking care of them, I mean that that's when you're going to get the phone call. Yeah. Because the 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 thing is, if what we believe is true, what that means for you is it nothing else works. In the end, nothing else is going to work. People are going to run into a brick wall on this thing at some point. If they have everything in the world, it's not going to work. It's not going to fill them up. And if you're the person who's always been loving them, then you're the person that they're going to call when they get to the bottom of life. Even if they are at the top of the world, you can still hit the bottom of life at the top of the world. And so that's the whole thing is, are you the person that has loved them and accepted them the whole time? And I think that's where we get hung up, is we want to know what everybody's status is. Let's forget about that. Let's let God handle that, and let's just worry about loving people, and like Jed said, and finding the people who are ready to make that change, and that's where you make your pitch. That's absolutely right, and one of the things I'll add on that is, you can't know. It's very clear in the Bible that Jesus is the only one who for real, for real knows. So it kind of is a waste of time to be uh, dividing up things that way. I will say real quickly, and we've all experienced this in our kind of day jobs, you can't talk anyone out of a bad idea. Yep. That's right. You can kind of help them see, but all useful, good ministry is, as Glenn has uh, pointed out a lot of times to us, and I think he said on the podcast, God is drawing all people into himself. Ministry is about removing obstacles. You can't get behind them and push them there. And one of the reasons we are all on, you've probably heard us say on this podcast, whatever you're on, if you think it's working for you, great. We'll be here when it's not working. Because as Jed, as they've all pointed, as all these guys have pointed out, there's five people who want help right now. Yep. And a lot of things go to go back to Jed's um, uh, Starbucks scenario. You don't get any extra points for how much of an angry atheist someone was before you got to them. Yep. You go If you listen to enough, kind of, I know we beat on these people a lot because they deserve it. <laughs> Christian authors and famous pastors and even, bless their hearts, some ministries I love, but when they get on the, uh, the fundraising path, I'll talk about, you know, I met Trevor when he wore his I go on Reddit atheist t-shirt every day and wore an upside down cross and... I spent four years and he didn't respond at all. But then finally at the end, he knew my name. Isn't that a great victory? I mean, 
if God's sometimes God is calling people towards a hard case, that's something different. Say, how many people could you have helped in that four years? Yeah, yeah. If you weren't fixated on the vocal angry atheist. Yeah. So here's the thing: we're telling you, we're not saying this idea of is it biblical to say you can do believe whatever you want? Yeah, because as Lee is pointing out, if what we actually believe is the truth, then we're right. And you can either get on board or get off, but you have a limited amount of resources and time and spending that screaming into the void isn't good for those yeah. people, isn't good for you. As yeah. This kind of goes back to something I believe uh, Joe was talking about last episode with, or maybe even the beginning of this one with the risk idea, the parable of the talents. You've only got so much time and energy. It's incumbent upon us, and it is biblical and it is godly, to spend that in a smart way yep. and not yeah. in the way that will make you feel most cool or if you're a guy who runs a church or a ministry, sounds best to other vaguely insecure about their faith Christians, because yep. here's the thing, if you're actually confident in what you believe, you don't have to go around yelling about it. It's people who aren't confident about what they believe who have to go around really making a point of standing up for the truth of the thing with the yelling. Mm. And the, if you're confident, you can just be cool. And, yep. that, and you have the ability to do that. You know what you believe, you know how to love people, and you can just be cool about it. All right, we're going to get on out of here. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com or thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. You can always sign up for Bridgebox. It's $8 a month, a lot of cool stuff for you. And you get to support awesome ministry here in the inner city. Or you can sign up at missionusa.com slash BBLY for the Lee Younger version. New song from Lee every month and a lot of cool stuff he's curated from other bridge boxes. It's the same price. You can email me, Matt, at missionusa.com for the super secret link to get both for only $12 a month. We're going to leave you with a difference with a song this week. Uh, kind of ties into what we're talking about. Our last question here about how our job is not to judge whether other people are saved or not. Our job is to love people the way God has loved us. And this is a song, a worship song that Jed wrote. It's called Not a Judge. We'll see you next week. Bilbo and Bethany from Middle Earth to Marriage. Whoa! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not a judge and I'm not the police. Father, I'm your child. You're the one that chose me.
Sounds so good.